All right. Hello, family. The Lord loves you. If you are a guest or a curious skeptic, we want to welcome you here today. We hope that God blesses you richly as well. If you would, grab your Bibles, open up your copy of God's Word to Genesis 49. Genesis 49. Uh, we've been walking our way through the book of Genesis, and one thing that we've been focusing on lately, as has already been mentioned, is this theme of blessing. And before we read our passage today, uh, I want, just want to acknowledge right up front that I've been, hel- I've been greatly held by the work of Tina Bosch um, in her book, Given. Um, I, I really lean on her a lot to especially make sense of this particular chapter of the Bible. Um, so I just want to give her credit where credit is due. So if there's something that really sounds helpful, that's probably her, okay, and not me. Uh, if, uh, so if you would, please give your attention to the reading of God's Word. Genesis 49, 1-28. Then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you what shall happen to you in days to come. Assemble and listen, O sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the firstfruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. Unstable as water, you shall not have preeminence, because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. O my glory, be not joined to their company, for in their anger they killed men. And in their willfulness, they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, You have gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion and as a lioness who dares rouse him. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine, he has washed his garments in wine and his vesture in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth whiter than milk. Zebulun shall dwell at the shore of the sea. He shall become a haven for ships, and his border shall be Sidon. Issachar is a strong donkey, crouching between the sheepfolds. He saw that a resting place was good, and that the land was pleasant. So he bowed his shoulders to bear, and became a servant at forced labor. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent in the way, a viper by the path, that bites the horse's heels so that his rider falls backward. I wait for your salvation, O Lord. Raiders shall raid Gad, but he shall raid at their heels. Asher's food shall be rich, and he shall yield royal delicacies. Naphtali is a doe. Let loose that bears beautiful fawns. 
Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. His branches run over the wall. The archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him severely. Yet his bow, bow remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty, one of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. By the God of your father who will help you, by the Almighty who will bless you, with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that crouches beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of your father are mighty, beyond the blessings of my parents, up to the bounties of the everlasting hills. May they be on the head of Joseph and on the brow of him who was set apart from his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf in the morning devouring the prey and at evening dividing the spoil. Let's give thanks for the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Oh God, we thank you so much for all your different varieties and types of blessings. Um, Lord, you've called your church to be a blessing to the people around them. So teach us how to do that. And Lord, we pray that today as you speak to us, that all your promises and all your goodness would be more beautiful to us and more believable to us. Do this by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Genesis is a book about blessing. And we've been talking about this the last three, four, five weeks. We've been talking about what does that actually uh, mean for us. Uh, and we've been talking about blessing our neighbors. We've been talking about blessing our enemies. And today we're going to be talking about blessing our family. And even though the context here is parent, parents blessing their children, uh, the pl these principles can be applied to, to every kind of dynamic within a family, okay? So if we're honest, we do not really have a robust theology of blessing, amen? I mean, it's there, right? We, we know it's biblical to speak blessings to each other. We, we also know that this is a spiritual tool that God's given for a purpose, but we don't really know how to hold the tool or how to use the tool, so we kind of ignore the tool. Like, it just stays in the tool bag, right? And we'll just, just, let's skip to prayer or let's skip to doing something else. And so let's just start out today with a simple working definition to try to get our arms around this concept of blessing. Blessing someone is intentionally calling God's grace upon someone's life in their presence. That's what we just did, right? It's, it's intentionally calling God's grace upon someone's life in their presence, in their hearing. So they can hear that. So speaking a blessing to someone is distinct from prayer, which is talking to God about someone. This is a little bit different than that. It's also distinct from doing good deeds or doing good works for someone, which helps them and blesses them, right? It's this, it's this distinct third tool or this third instrument that God uses to bring about his will on earth as it is in heaven. And passages uh, like the one that we just read, and there are many others, uh, they tell us that blessing, the blessings that we speak are efficacious. What does that mean? It just means that they have an effect, 
in reality, just like prayer does, just like good works do. Jacob has spoken blessings upon Pharaoh, and he's spoken blessings upon his grandsons. We talked about that last week. And now here, chapters 48, 49, uh, Jacob will speak another series of blessings over his 12 sons. Now, there's some specifics in Jacob's blessings that are historically unique, to be sure. But the question is, what can he teach us today about living into our calling to be a blessing? What can, we, what can we extrapolate from this? What can we glean from this? More specifically, how do we bless the children that God has gifted to us? Is there any, any instruction here for us on how to do this? I think in this passage that we're given different elements. We're given elements for crafting blessings, and we're giving elements uh, in, in giving or delivering those blessings to our loved ones. And so uh, all my points today are going to fall under those two big, broad headings, Okay. So let's look at the first one. Elements in crafting blessings for our loved ones. There's three elements under this heading. The first is that any blessing we speak to our family begins with seeing God. It begins with seeing God. That's where blessings begin. Look at the text here, Genesis 48, 15 and 16. And he blessed Joseph and said... Now listen to what he says. The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who's been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, and then he gets to the blessing. Bless the boys. And let them, uh, and in them let their name, my name be carried on, in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And so Jacob, even though his physical eyesight is nearly gone, he lets us know that when we see who God is in his character and, and who God is and what he has done for us, that we see everything else in our life correctly. We see everything else in our life clearly. And that's what we want for our family. That's what we want for our children most of all. We want them to see God clearly first. Jacob poetically calls the boy's attention first to the character of this God who blesses. And he does it in three different sentences here, three ways. He says that the Lord, their Lord, he's an old God. He's not a new God that just popped up on the scene or is real popular right now. He's a really old God. He's a generational God. That's his way of saying you can trust this God. I've known him. Dad knew him and granddad knew him. Uh, their God is also a shepherd who has personally cared for Jacob. He didn't just care for God's people somewhere out there. He's personally been Jacob's shepherd, who, by the way, he was a shepherd too, remember? He shepherded him his whole life. Even when Jacob was sinning, God was shepherding he wants them to know that before he kind of pu puts this blessing on them. So you notice the imagery, the pictures to help these boys see and grab a hold of who this God is. He's trying to help them see God. Jacob uh, uh, also talks about how God, their God, is also a redeemer from evil. So God doesn't just kind of help us throughout the day. He, he snatches us out of evil. He's a rescuing God. You don't rescue you. Our God rescues you. 
This is who God is. Jacob uses metaphors and pictures, and notice he uses rhythm in the blessing to help his grandson see uh, the God who blesses. He wants them to put God right in front of their face. That's part of what blessing people does. It puts God in front of their face when we do it like this. So what does this mean for us? Well, when we craft blessings that call, uh, we craft blessings that call to mind an aspect of God's wonderful character, which comes from his promises, and it's confirmed by our lived experience. When we bless someone, we know what we're talking about in that moment. We've encountered him. We've experienced him. And so it has a little weight when we speak those words to our loved ones. A second element we see here is that blessings also begin with seeing our family members. We need to be able to see our family members that we are blessing. Look at the text in chapter uh, 48, verses 10 and 11. It says, Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them, and he embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face, and behold, God has let me see, God has let me see your offspring also. And so this is clearly, there's this a supernatural scene that Jacob possesses right now as he is blessing his sons and, and in this case grandsons he's not seeing these he's not seeing these young men with physical eyes but he is seeing them he is seeing them clearly through the power of God why because Jacob has walked with God for decades and decades he is verbally letting his family know through this blessing something that is so important and it is so powerful. Listen to me, guys. Here's what he's letting them know. I see you. I see you. You're not hidden. You think you're hidden, but I see you. And I see you for who you really are. With the help of God, you're seen, you're known. Doesn't that just feel like a blessing just hearing that? Let's look at the bookend of this blessing. Let's go all the way to the end of 49, verse 28. All these are the 12 tribes of Israel. This is what their father said. Blessings are verbalized, by the way. They're not complete until they've been verbalized, articulated. This is what their father said to them as he blessed them, blessing each with the blessing suitable for them. It's a big theme in Genesis. That's three times in one sentence that word blessing's been used. God wants us to get a hold of this, guys. Jacob does not speak a a, a vague and some kind of a generic blessing uh, upon all the boys. He didn't say, oh, bless your heart, you know. These blessings are effective. Why? Because they are, in a sense, tailor-made. The Bible says they are suited. Like when you get suited, suited for a suit? They're tailor-made. They are suited for each boy, for each person that is in that room. He sees each of them. He sees them by name. Did you notice that? And he knows what they will each need in the days to come to become godly individuals. 
When we craft blessings to speak to our children or to our spouse, to our loved ones, we must see God and we must see them. And this is more than just knowing their personality, their Meyer Briggs score or something. That's not what I mean. What gifts has God uniquely given to them? What's, what gifts has God uniquely given to son one? And what about son two and daughter three? What gifts are those? Can you name them? Can you identify them? How do you notice them responding to disappointment? Do they shut down? Do they blow up? What lights them up? What bores them? Uh, they can't be good at everything, but what are they good at? Do you know something that they are good at that they may not know that they're good at? What idols are they specifically vulnerable to trusting? What weaknesses do they have that require God's help in their life? These kinds of questions will help us actually see our loved ones and not just see them as a title, wife, kid, husband. Now, there's a person behind that title. Who, can you see that person? When was the last time that you took a long, maybe even awkward look at your children, at your spouse, at your father, at your niece? You can't see them if you don't look at them. When's the last time you noticed not just the sound of their laugh, but the rhythm of their laugh? Or the way there's a little crease that comes in the side of their face when they smile. Or how they solve a problem. Or how they respond to anxiety. Can you call those things to mind? This is what blessings do. They call things to mind. And that's why they're powerful. To truly bless our children, regardless of how old they are or young they are, we must first notice them. Amen? We must intentionally slow down to see them. We need to see them as God has made them, as the curse has impacted them, and as God wants to redeem them. Let me say that again. We must slow down to see them as God has made them, as the curse has uniquely impacted them, and as God wants to redeem them. When we see them this way, we can better bless them in a way that is suitable for them. A third element that we see here of crafting blessings is this. Blessings are future-oriented and they're character-shaping. Blessings, biblical blessings, are future-oriented and they're character-shaping. They're formative. Look at, look at the text, chapter 49, verse 1. Then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall happen to you in the days to come. So he's passing something on to his sons, to his family. So when we give blessings to our family, we are equipping them. We're equipping them with things that they're going to need for the day or for the days to come. Uh, many times we've lived longer than them, or we have maybe we have walked with God longer than them, and so we are passing on equipment for the journey ahead of them. 
And so maybe that makes you, might make you feel more comfortable with this idea of, of blessing people. You're passing on equipment that they're going to need because you see them, you see God, and you're going to need this. And that's why it's good. But notice here that blessings, biblical blessings, are primarily about shaping a loved one's character and identity. It's not so much about stuff and things. That's how the world and maybe other religions do blessings. When Jacob blesses his children, he uses the word is a lot. Did you notice that? It says is, that being word. You are this. You will become this. And so biblical blessings are not so much concerned with what we will become, a doctor, a teacher, a mother. It's more concerned with other who we will become. Biblical blessings are about who you need to become. Jacob says things like this, Issachar is a strong donkey. Dan will be a viper by the road. Judah is a lion. Nephtali is a, do, is a doe let loose. Joseph is a fruitful branch. And by the way, you know, so you see all the like, very visual words he's using? That helps people grab hold and remember what you're talking about. It helps it go deep. He could have just said, Joseph, you're going to be a very productive man. No, he says, you're going to be a fruitful branch. So, maybe you've been looking at your daughter lately. Maybe you've been paying attention, and you notice that your daughter is well-shaped in justice, like God is. Uh, but you've noticed that she's misshaped in showing mercy, like God is. And so you might bless her. You might bless her by saying something like this. May the Lord show you excessive mercy today so that you will become a woman who shows mercy to others. And that's how you might bless her. But these are some of the biblical elements that we should utilize to craft meaningful blessings for our, our loved ones. And I just want to give it a word of encouragement. This probably sounds like a whole lot of brand new information. This is really new information for me, too, which is why I love, like, having to go through books of the Bible. I have to talk about stuff that I'm not familiar with sometimes. But here's the word of encouragement. Um, we don't have to, like, be great at this first time out. You know, sometimes the best way to learn something is just to yabba-dabba do it. You know what I'm saying? We just kind of open our mouth and give it a shot, and we practice and we learn. And that way, we always learn when we are kids. We just kind of do it and pick ourselves up and go, oh, that sounded weird, but let me try again. So I want to encourage you, just start, just try. And you don't have to begin with all this stuff. Just begin with just one of these three elements in your blessings, okay? Just one. So maybe for you, you just start with just a characteristic of God to help the one that you're blessing see God because that's what you want. You want them to see God clearly, right? And so maybe, for example, you say something like this. May God, who is slow to anger and rich in love, be with you today as you go to school, as you go into the next meeting. That's it. And that's it. You're done. And just try that. So let's look at two elements for giving these blessings or delivering these blessings of God to our loved ones, okay? When do we speak these blessings to our children? When's a good time to do this? Well, 
I mean, of course, we can do this anytime we want. We could, you know, wake someone up at midnight and give them a lesson, I guess, if we want. <laughs> I don't know if that <laughs> would be well received. But we can do this anytime we want. But the, but the question I'm wondering as I was going through this is, like, are there certain times that might be more strategic? Or are there times that might be, uh, they might be more open to receiving a blessing? And I think that there are. I think the text shows us that uh, a strategic time to give blessings is during any kind of transition in life. Okay? So blessings are most effective during transitions. Um, when, when you and I are in transitions, things are in motion. Something's been ups, upset. Okay, things are not stable, they're not steady, things are moving around. Transitions naturally bring imbalance and uncertainty into our life, into our minds. So there are often uh, times when we're more aware that we need a blessing, when we need God's grace. So it's a great time to do this. And so let's look at these, uh, the bookends here of this blessing section again, starting in chapter 48, verse 8 and 9. It says, when Israel saw Joseph's son, he said, who are these? Joseph said to his father, these are my sons whom God has given me here, meaning in Egypt. And he said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. So Jacob is blessing his grandsons. And it reads like they're little baby boys. It talks about, you know, taking them off his knees and all that kind of stuff. That's the way it's translated in English. But it really means like beside his knees. These are not little babies. Uh, by, by this time, they're young men. They're adolescents. They're teenagers. They are on the cusp of manhood, and they are going through a very significant life stage transition from boy to man, okay? It's at this time that Jacob strategically wants to bless them. And as we learned last week, they do receive a very, very significant blessing. So it's a good thing they were awake for that. Uh, and let's go to the end of this, the unit in chapter 49. Jacob is now talking to all of his sons uh, that are standing around his, his bed. They're in his tent. They're by his deathbed. And he, he musters enough energy to sit up, and he gives this blessing. And then it says this in 29. Then he commanded them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite. And so we see here, Jacob himself is going through a life transition, isn't he? Right? He's about to die, and he knows it. And he knows that's going to trigger a life transition for the other 12 that are in the room. So there's this moment in time that's really strategic right now. And that's why he calls all of his kids together in the same room in his tent. He's blessing them strategically during a transition. There's a transfer that's happening here. Life stage trans, uh, transitions are when we need to call the grace of God upon our children, upon our family. They're more open to it right then. They're listening. I was a junior in college. I was about, uh, I was about 20 years old at the time when one of my grandfathers died. And... Uh, I had received a very clear call from the Lord after months and months, years and years of praying, God, what do you want me to study? What do you want me to do while I'm in college? 
and he, he, he clearly called uh, a call from the Lord to go into vocational ministry, and this happened just a couple months prior to my grandfather dying. Uh, but I was, still trying to, I was still trying to figure out what exactly what that meant. And I was getting close to graduation, all right? And at the funeral, my uncle said something to me that profoundly shaped my future. Uh, he, had, he had heard what had happened. He, you know, he, my parents must have told him, that, that, you know, hey, God finally kind of answered Chad's prayers. He's getting some direction. There's a call in his life, okay? And I, I don't remember everything that he told me uh, in the room while we were there, but I, this one line I remember very clearly. It stuck out. And this was a long time ago. Uh, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he looked directly in my eyes, so he sees me. And he very calmly uh, says this. Chad, don't prostitute yourself to a church for a paycheck. Preach the book and tell them the truth even if they don't want to hear it. And trust that God will take care of you. And then he smiled and walked away. Uh, I did not understand fully all of what that meant at the time. But I knew that it had gravity. And I knew that it was going to be something that I was going to have to call upon. That's future-oriented. Right? My uncle knew that I was on the cusp of a transition, and he blessed me. Oh, did he bless me. And over the years, I've come back to those words of blessing, and they have strengthened me, and they have refreshed me. And I thank God for blessings. That one in particular. Weddings, funerals, graduations, births, these are life stage transitions. They are absolutely right for giving and receiving blessings, family. But you know what? It doesn't have to be these really big uh, transitions. You don't have to wait for some big life change. Our life is made up of hours, is it not? Are we constantly moving from one hour to the next? Is that not a transition as well? There are literally dozens of transitions in a very normal, chaotic day. Opportunities to give little blessings, speak blessings over someone's life. We can offer a short blessing that's suited for bedtime. A blessing that is suited before schooling or after it's over for the day. A blessing when leaving the house or when arriving home from a trip or work. Or blessings at mealtime. You know, I was often thinking, you know, we bless the food. Well, I don't know that we actually bless the literal food, but we share a blessing at the meal. I mean, that's three opportunities right there to choose from every day. And I'll share this one little tradition that we've just kind of started at, at our house uh, when there's not a whole lot to talk about at the table because we're all talked out or something, is we, we, we've dubbed it Circle of Honor, Okay. Circle of honor. We've actually done this in elder meetings a couple of times. 
Um, but Romans 12, uh, 12, verse 10 says that we are to outdo one another in showing honor. So it is the only time in Scripture that commands us to be competitive, okay? So we take this real serious. <laughs> and this is, this is how circle of honor works um, at the Lingle House. What you do is this. It's real easy to do. You look to the person that sits on your left, and you look them in the eye, and you say their name, and then you say one thing that they do well. And that's it. Now, to be a big thing, you know, you're really good at encouraging people. Like, it could be whatever you want. And the other rule is this. The other person cannot deflect. They can't look down. They can't say anything else. They look you in the eye, and they can only say, thank you. And that's how we play that game. It makes blessing others more normal instead of weird. Um, it, 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 you know what? It makes you have to see people. It makes you have to really see that person and think about who are they, right? Um, it, it makes you see that person in order to bless them. And you know what? It helps us re- practice receiving blessings that we need. Because whether you know it or not, you need blessings every day. And we need to practice being gracious recipients of God's blessings. And this is like how we practice doing this. It's formative. It really changes the atmosphere of a meal sometimes. It's great. So these are all hourly and daily opportunities to give blessings when we are transitioning from one hour to the next, one task to the next, one meeting to the next. Say a little blessing in that transition. Just a little word of blessing. Second element here on, on giving these blessings. Give your blessing with some intentionality. You give it with some intentionality. Genesis 49, verse 2. Jacob says this, Assemble and listen. That's kind of formal language, isn't it? That's got some gravity to it, right? Assemble and listen. Oh, sons of Jacob, listen to your father Israel. That's what we did here. Listen. Listen to me. This is good. Assemble. Stop what you're doing. Put the phone down, assemble, listen to this blessing. Future-oriented, character-shaping blessings require some thought. And that's why they're powerful. We don't just rip them off the top of our head on the spur of the moment. We're not going to be good at this like the ninth time we try this. It's going to be awkward. We practice this. By the way, people tend to receive things that are intentional, amen? Amen. They tend to be more receptive of things that have had some thoughtfulness put into it, and they can tell that. I hate to be Captain Obvious here, but did you notice that these blessings of Jacob were written down? It's so obvious we skip over it. They got written down, and that's why you and I are reading them now. We read read it to people. Extemporaneous doesn't mean it's it's real and genuine. Sometimes when you take time to craft something, it's more powerful for people. They get that. When you write a blessing down, it could be in a card. It could be in a letter. It could be in a text message if that's all that you have. It shows that you thought specifically of them, that person that you care about. It also allows that family member to go back to those God-saturated words in the voice of a loved one and draw from them, uh, draw strength from that over and over. It's a renewable blessing. It's a renewable gift in a sense. This is exactly what our Lord Jesus has done for you and I when he blessed each of us with a blessing that was suitable for our every situation. 
Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't give generic, vague blessings? He knows who we are, where we are, and what we need at that particular time, which might be different than another time. Jesus had someone actually write down these blessings for us so that we could draw from them over and over and over again as much as we want to drink of them. We can come drink of them. And so I want to close by speaking those same character-shaping, situation-specific blessings that Christ shared with his people on a mountain. Jesus says this, blessed are the poor in spirit. Those of you that know that you have nothing morally impressive about you to God, you know that you do not impress God at all with your goodness. The world says you're cursed to think of yourself that way. Jesus says you're blessed. And why are you blessed? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. You mourning right now your sins? Does it make you cry? Unlike the world where you, they would justify their sin or even celebrate it, do you weep over your sin? The world says that is such a foolish thing and a cursed thing to do. Why would you ever do that? Jesus says you're blessed if you do that. You're blessed. Why? For they will be comforted. You won't weep forever. Because why? You don't comfort you. God comes and comforts you with his forgiveness. Blessed are the meek. You know the meek? They don't flex every right they have every time. They don't flex for people. They don't push to the front of the line. They don't grab the first of whatever's available because they know if they don't do it, there won't be any left for them. They're meek. Jesus says you're blessed. The world says you're cursed. You're going to miss out. You're going to get left behind. If you don't go grab that, Jesus says, no, you won't. You won't miss out on a thing. Why? You're going to inherit the whole earth. <laughs> what are you going to miss? Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. If that's where you're at right now, you're blessed. In a world that only wants justice and settles for revenge, you're blessed if you're showing mercy to people. Why? You'll receive mercy from God. Blessed are the pure in heart. You will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. When it's easier to just keep the status quo instead of step into conflict and try to bring peace, and the world says that is a crazy cursed thing to do, Jesus says, you're blessed if you're trying to make peace between warring parties. You're blessed. Why? You'll be called my kids. You'll be called sons and daughters of God. You're blessed. Though you may feel cursed in an area in your life, brothers and sisters, Jesus calls you blessed. He has great blessings for you. May the Lord, who has richly blessed each of us, teach us how to speak blessings of life to our loved ones and to this world, which desperately needs it. Amen. Will you pray with me?
Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for how you speak blessings over us. Teach us how to be a blessing to the people around us and to the people that are even under the same roof as us this week. Teach us how to craft blessings that we put you on display. Show us, open our eyes to those moments of transitions when maybe now a gentle blessing would be, would be well-suited to the situation instead of a firm word. And God, help us see the fruit of these blessings. We thank you for how you speak goodness over us. You speak life over us. You speak love over us. And Lord, so fill us up with that so we can do the same. We can do the same to others. In Jesus' sacred name we pray, amen.